Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them. And then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. So in this timely episode, I talk with Therese, a busy working mum of four children. She shares with us her experiences with her firstborn, Lockie, who is now a young adult and who also has Down Syndrome. I gained a lot out of this conversation as I'm currently working with a boy in my class with Down syndrome, which selfishly really was a catalyst for this episode. Teaching my student has really allowed me to grow as a teacher. I've always been a big believer that it's the students with special needs who teach us the most, personally and professionally. I found this conversation with Therese so valuable. I hope you do too. Well, Therese, lovely to meet you. I'm so glad we could catch up this afternoon. Um, welcome to TIC. Thank you, Libby. Um, so at the time of recording, it is October, and October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month, which I only found out recently. And I suppose the goal of this conversation really is to gain an insight and understanding into your experiences, and because you are a mum to Lockie who has Down Syndrome, and I'm currently teaching a boy who has Down syndrome, and I just want to, um, as I said, gain an insight and an understanding as to how I can be a better teacher. Um, but before we start, just tell us a bit about you and, and your background. Um, yes, yeah, so I am a mother of four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband and I both work here in Dubbo. Um, I came from the south coast, actually. I was born in Batemans Bay and moved to Parks and then on to Dubbo. Um, I worked in the hospitality industry most of my life um, and then um, just decided I wanted to do something a bit different. So I started at childcare, mm-hmm. uh, working along daycare and then fell pregnant with Lachlan, my first son. And then 20 years later, yeah. <laughs> Lockie's finished school and I've had three more children and um, I'm working in a preschool with um, mostly with children with additional needs and, um, and all of the other preschoolers that um, are fun to be around oh. all day. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> um, so tell us a bit about Lockie and, yeah. and the family. Um, so Lockie's got a younger brother who just loves to death, like they've grown up like twins together. Lockie um, had um, a very slow attempt at walking, mm. <laughs> so all his hurdles took a little bit of time, so those milestones that you would expect children to be doing just took uh, probably an extra 18 months to two years um, for him to pick up on. So having a younger brother within that age difference really pushed him along, which, you oh, know, okay. was, was a real boost for us. We armed an art about having another child after having a Down syndrome baby, um, but it turned out to be a blessing and, and um, Lockie and Matthew are very close. 
Matthew is fully able, um, has no issues whatsoever. So he's very sporty and, and quite intelligent and all of those things. So he's been a great role model for mm. Lachlan to look back on. Um, and then Lockie has two sisters, so Sophie and Heidi, um, and they, um, they're the same. They're very inclusive with Lachlan and enjoy their time with him and he dotes on them and mm. he loves seeing what they do and, and, and they support him in whatever he's doing. Yeah. yeah. So he's, um, he's in a community service that takes care of him um, all day. So he's included in community outings, um, he's learning to cook, all those life skill things yeah. that you still need to carry on at his stage. Um, and Lockie still lives at home? And he still lives at home. So is the community organisation like his work? Pretty much, yeah. They um, will assist him in learning to maybe find part-time work or work that he is able to do, Um, supported, of course. He needs support um, still with communication and understanding certain concepts. He... Um, is physically able to, um, you know, lift heavy ob- objects and run and walk and um, those sort of things. So he doesn't need a wheelchair or, mm. a, you know, walking stick or any of that stuff. He doesn't need someone oh, to help him go in and out of places. So, yeah, he um, he completed all his schooling here in Dubbo, um, right through from kinder or preschool yeah. <laughs> to um, year 12 and was supported all the way, teachers, aides and assistants and some really wonderful teachers. So what have been some of the challenges then or some hurdles that you've faced for Lockheed? Yeah, so always challenges. Um, I suppose um, for us as a family there was a lot of emotional challenges to start with to get over that thought of having your first child that would be healthy and perfect. Yes, we <laughs> um, I suppose. Dream, yes, yeah. you do. Oh, as all mums do, all dads do, yeah. I suppose. Um, and the expectation all the way through my pregnancy that I had no issues, I had no problems, I had no test to prove otherwise. Yeah, just healthy, very healthy pregnancy and natural labour and three hours later was told my son had heart issues and flew us to Sydney and then uh, also mentioned that he might have had Down syndrome but of course the heart thing was my stress at the time so I just kind of blew that out the window (laughs) didn't think about that till later and then uh, once we returned back to Dubbo um, they'd done genetic testing and said that Lockie and he did look different his face looked different to us and I just thought that was natural birth. You know, mm. a child comes out a little bit screw with. That's the end. <laughs> yeah, they do. squished around and your face is... <laughs> but my husband did pick up on something he thought was very different and, um, and yeah, we... Um, we were told he had Down, Down yeah. syndrome. And so physically to what have been some... Because I know the boy that I teach... Because of the low muscle tone, he yes. didn't walk until he was three. Yes, Lockie was uh, roughly three, a bit less than three. He just, he had, uh, he was a very strong little boy and very healthy, um, probably carrying a little extra weight in his younger years up until about four, which kind of didn't help with the low muscle tone. Um, he didn't crawl, he commando crawled on his tummy. So there was a lot of physio. We did a lot of physio with Lockie, a lot of things at home to get him to use his muscles. He um, he still can't ride a bike on his own. Um, He doesn't have the coordination. Uh, He has a lot more muscle strength now 
than he did, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't have the coordination and, and the concepts of, of balance and using two sides of his body at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, um, so a lot of that crossing midline stuff we had to do with him very low in the core, whereas now he's the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, he's very, very strong, um, but he's a very lean young man. He um, He's not carrying any extra weight at all, though, though he does love his food, but he's just a healthy eater. He's never been a cakes and lollies person other than a donut here and there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so the emotional challenges, physical challenges, he, um, he does have a lot of Down syndrome, um, do have a hole in their heart or issues with their hearts. Um, he didn't have a major issue, but he does have a pinhole, which is not causing any issues okay. whatsoever. And would it um, down the track? No, more so they can be bigger, um, which means there's issues with their their breathing and their blood flow and their uh, capabilities to sustain um, the energy to oh, keep okay. going, which, yeah. which with the low muscle tone kind of makes it a lot harder for them to do things for as long as a, a Mm. able child would um so physically it was just those big milestones yeah. like walking riding a bike run he can run but he will never run as fast as other kids do but he'll run mm-hmm. what about socially yeah. were there any issues socially He's a very social boy, boy since he became a teenager, but when he was younger he was a little, um, I wouldn't say mummy's boy, but just was very um, low in confidence and things would scare him a lot, like he's, he's sensory to noise and all that sort of thing. So if the crowds were really loud or the kids were really loud around him, he would rather go to his quiet spot. Yeah, so... Because um, I'm trying to think with the boy I teach, he... Is very accepted with the class, yes, um, yeah, which is a good. beautiful thing to yeah. see. And teaching at a small school, yeah. that's one of the perks. Yeah, um, and he's always invited to birthday parties, and he's never left yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. It is wonderful because actually, going back to Lockie, he didn't have any of that either. He did have a good group. It was one class where he went to, um, and there was a good group of um, kids that were fine with him at school but didn't very rarely got invited to parties and, and things like that when he was younger. And a few as he got a bit older and then, and then back to the opposite in high school. He wasn't okay. invited to anything in high school. So yeah. it sort of, and I don't think it worried him too much. We included him obviously with all our family parties and all those sort of things, mm. but um, he... Um, uh, he went to school things, obviously. If yeah. there was a function on, he went to that, but not specifically a, a child's party. Did that worry you? Uh, probably a little bit. I think the only time Lockie picked up on it is if his siblings were going to parties. I think he wanted to go with them oh, okay. <laughs> type thing, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, probably not so much because often I'd find if I did take him somewhere, he'd just want to turn around and come home again. So he wasn't comfortable wherever it was or if it was a big play centre, it was too noisy for him. Um, Yeah, but if you you do have to give him a push these days to make him do things. And once he's there and once he's doing it, he loves it. So it's just that stubbornness of (laughs) getting included and, and taking the risk of, you know, trying something new. What have you got a story that stands out as being 
really memorable or extremely rewarding? Yeah, definitely. Definitely school athletics carnival. His teacher's aide was really good at making sure he joined in and did a bit of, you know, because he'd put the lazies on. (laughs) He wasn't going to run. He didn't want to join in. And half the time I think it was because the attention wasn't on him. He likes the attention. Um, but, yeah, she um, she got him to run in a race and it wasn't a, a dedicated race for the day, but she just got him to run and got some kids to join in with him and she ran with him and, and he ran the whole length of the track. Oh, wow. He was so excited. Yeah. And the look on his face was like, look at me, Mum, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was in tears by the time he got to the end of the yeah. race and the whole school was cheering and it was beautiful. Oh, that's yeah, priceless. It was really good, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, when he accepted did his HSC at Year 12 graduation and his oh. school certificate and a yeah. big smile on his face and he walked all the way up the stairs all by himself, very oh. confident, no one helping him, he didn't need an aid or anything and that was really good for yeah. both both his dad and I. Was that yeah. the little things? Because I know yeah. um, when my little boy, he completed a full page of handwriting and like yes. for him that was... It was such a big thing. Oh, yes. Mm, He's very proud of himself. And he's still at that level. Lockie's, I suppose you'd say, uh, intellectual level currently uh, at probably that 10, 12-year-old level. So he's still, his handwriting is still basically primary stage. Mm -hmm. He traces a lot, but he can't handwrite his whole name and anything that you show him how to write. Ah. He'll copy. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, even those things, they were they were. Priceless, yeah. seeing him do something for the first time. Yes, I mean, and every all of my kids, you know, first time is is great. But when you've tried so hard to do it for five years and wow. not five weeks, that's it. <laughs> it's a bigger, bigger effort. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a big difference, mm, isn't there? Yeah. So, what do you wish people knew then about Lockie or Down syndrome in general? I know we were talking earlier. If you know someone with Down syndrome, doesn't mean that you know everyone with Down. Like exactly, it, it it's a very individual thing, and it really is. And it's the same with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody puts them all in the same category. It's they're still a human being that has a different personality and a different look, and, and they come from different families and different backgrounds. So there's a lot of things that um, would add to the way they are yeah. and the way they present and the way they do things. Yes. So, yeah, so it's like any child that you would teach at school, uh, just getting to know them and their interests, their family, really include their family, especially with communication. Okay. It's such a big thing with Down syndrome because a lot of uh, the language doesn't develop as easily with with a lot of Down syndrome children, not all, again, individual, yeah. um, as Lockie had um, a lot of trouble with learning to talk and communication relied on a teacher-parent to tell me every day what he was doing and what he had done um, because Lockie was very frustrated coming home trying to tell me things and I just didn't understand what he was saying. So mm. it just meant a lot of emails, a lot of a communication book or a diary or... Uh, texting even, I, I did have to do that with one of the aides who was quite happy to do it. Okay. <laughs> but that's, um, you know, and that's quick and easy, which I found really good because she could just text me during the day and say, this is where he's at, what do you think I should do or um, can I have permission to do this or, you know, which made it a lot easier. Um, but then it's up to the teacher and the parent and, 
you know, of course, the school or whatever's happening, but communication's a very big thing um, with the family of, you know, what's happening and just so you can either deal with the bad days or... um, or, you know, let the parent know about the really good dates, yeah. you know, and all the things that he was proud of or she that was really made them happy that yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because either way, uh, you know, Lockie wanted to let us know what was happening, whether it was good or bad. He'd love to come home and, and he'd be lit up about something. I just couldn't understand what he was trying <laughs> to tell me. <laughs> and it's terrible trying to put words in their mouth because Lockie, even today, gets frustrated with me not picking up on a word that he might, or a name he's trying to tell me. Okay. And in the end, he just gives up and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I get disappointed with myself for not understanding yeah. what he was trying to say. But, yeah, that's a really big thing, communication yeah. with the family. And just so they can understand what their child's doing that day because Johnny went home that afternoon and got to tell his family exactly what he did for the day, whereas often with the Down syndrome child they're not communicating that. I've I've never seen it that way, like from that Mm. perspective before, and that's that's why I really wanted to have you come chat on the podcast because, Mm. like, the parents have asked for more communication from me and... and now I sort of understand yeah. why. And as a, from a teacher's point of view, from when I'm working, and I know it's hard during the day to find the time to do those things, but just the little story to maybe let the parent know that um, he was so proud of himself for going to canteen that day mm. or um, he did have an argument with another child mm. um, and, and this is what happened, just in case that's what they're trying to tell you, but just anything, you know. He did a great painting, let him tell you about his painting because often Lockie would be trying to tell me something and if I just had a key word of what he was trying yeah. to tell me, we could have that conversation. But often if I had no idea what he was talking about, it made it really, really hard. Yeah. Because with my own kids, you know, you can easily ask them, well, how was your day, what did you do? And That's they right, respond. Yeah. Or they might well, not respond. Well, <laughs> as my get, other children do. You might get a grunt. Yeah, how was your day? Oh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, Whereas I've I quite often found... Lockie wanted to tell me everything. You know, he would come home a lot different to the other kids and mm. wanted to talk about everything yeah. that he did. And, and very repetitive uh, teaching um, Down syndrome kids, but you need to keep at it because that's the way they learn. Mm. The processing's a lot slower. So uh, keeping everything repetitive and very visual. Very yes. visual. Show them everything. It doesn't matter what it is. They need a visual for it. Or yes. take them to the item and show them what it is. So they know for next time or what's happening next, all that type of thing. Yes. Because yeah. um, that's leading us on to our next question, how did Lockie learn best? Yes, very much so. Visuals were the biggest thing that really pushed us along. I, I made a lot of storybooks for him about something big that might have been happening. So a school excursion, um, trip to the doctors. Um, when we started seeing the dentist repeatedly, I, I made a story, visual storybook and I did it with photos of him, but you can make them generic mm-hmm. as long as they can see something with a step, basic step-by-step of, um, of what they're, what's happening and yeah. what's going to come next. It takes that anxiety off. So much. <laughs> and there's apps available now where you can develop there's those There's so stories. many apps, yeah, yeah. And, and, and autism uh, aspect and um, all the autism sites have great, um, even communication apps, um, 
and um, yeah, and all how to make the storybooks and all those sort of things. Mm. And so much stuff is online. It's so easy. Yeah, because um, I know with my boy, I teach. Um, I've used a lot of visuals with him too, and yeah. they have been a game changer, as you were saying. Yes, um, yeah. And uh, because when he first started school, he couldn't speak very well. Mm, yep. I don't think he could speak very much at all. So sign language was his yes, way of Yes, yes, like he did Makaton sign language ah. when he first started. So we learnt that from early intervention yeah. and that really helped, yes. really helped, yeah. So Just until he started verbalising words, simple words like drink and food and all those yes. sort of things, yeah. Um, so I was still... Um, use some well, the limited sign language that I know. I still use that with this boy I teach, yeah. um, as well as talking. Yeah. But I'm finding as the years progressed, um, he's relying less on the sign yes. language now. Mm. He's, he's just come yeah. a long way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is good to see that, you know, the language has started to develop and they're communicating. But, yes. And that's just key is keep talking clearly to them so they can hear mm-hmm. what you're modelling and it's any speech issue is is based on those lines and it mm. really helps. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. repetition, like you were saying oh, too. That, over and over. that routine yeah. is, um, can save you so much angst and <laughs> Exactly. Time. And I know for teachers and staff it can feel like you're just doing the same thing this week that you were doing last week, but if that's what helps, that's what needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, so how will you be celebrating Down Syndrome Awareness Month? So we're always very aware of Down Syndrome, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously being a family with a Down Syndrome son. But we um, mainly I just keep up to date with all the latest things that are happening through the Down Syndrome Association. Lockie loves to wear his crazy socks, so people oh. talk to him about why he's wearing his crazy socks, yeah. which generally is on, um, on the... Uh, I think it's called T21 Day in, in March, yeah. um, we wear our crazy socks. But, yeah, so Down Syndrome Awareness Month to us is really all year round. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's support groups around town, Certainly is, yes. You can um, contact Down Syndrome um, uh, uh, New South Wales and they'll put you on to local support. Um, networks, um, okay. early intervention are really good and of course uh, local families, early intervention will will put you through to a local family just to, even if you just want to chat, you don't have to meet them face to face, email, ask questions, any of those mm. sort of things. But oh, yeah, wow. there's a few families in town and they're all very lovely. People. Yeah, mm. okay. Um, oh, well now Therese, we're up to our fast finishes, so <laughs> whatever pops into your mind first. <laughs> Um, what's your favourite thing to do with Lockie and why? Oh, he loves to have his hot chocolate on the way to uh, his service every Wednesday morning. So him and mum do that. That's our special little treat. Or we'll go out for a milkshake and a donut, just the two of us. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) He loves his little date with mum. What would you be if you weren't an educator? Well, since having Lockie, I think I would have... um, probably pushed more towards the therapy services. I would okay. have liked to have done occupational therapy, but having a big family and <laughs> mm. just sort of got in the way of studies too much. So the study has, has stuck with with my preschool work and um, my online study and, yep. you know, lots of webinar training. Um, what is something you did today that went well? 
Oh, I managed to fit all my jobs in today. Oh, good for you. Time management was the first time it's worked well for me for ages. <laughs> yes, I had a quite a bit to do today. <laughs> what makes you happy? Oh, oh, my kids, definitely my kids mm. and, and my husband, of course. Yes. <laughs> they wouldn't be here without him. But, yeah, no, my children, yeah, just, just coming home at the end of the day and knowing they're all safe and healthy and, yeah, yeah. definitely my kids, yeah. It's the first day for holidays. What do you do? Sleep in. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit, I like my sleep in. What's one thing that helps you deal with stress? Um, I I do like to try and take a little bit of time for myself when I can fit it in, just to, uh, you know, try not to think too much about everything that does stress me. Mm. (laughs) You know, the things that take up your whole day and you don't get time for yourself. Yeah. yeah, I just like to unwind and, and sit and relax and I suppose you'd call it a bit of meditation. But okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I like to try and fit in at least once a week, yeah. an hour or so, just to sit and debrief with myself. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us about a time, personally or professionally, where you made a mistake and learned something very valuable. Um, probably my main personal thing would be not to take life for granted like things can change so quickly and 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 for good reason you know I wouldn't say you know that it's ever dramatic or drastic that that you need to throw everything in a heap and give up (laughs) just I just really think not to take life for granted okay things can change so easily appreciate the little Mm, things yeah and i I do very much appreciate the little things yeah Yeah. uh what is your favorite book well i'd have to say i don't actually have a favorite book i know when i was a child i loved to read the book heidi which is why my daughter's name's okay (laughs) i i suppose i've read so much over the years it's more um uh, health and therapy based, I suppose, than actually having the time to sit down and read a favourite author. Yeah. Um, what are you grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for my job at the moment, yes. I've just really enjoyed what I'm doing and where I'm at at preschool. I just uh, love working with the children and just seeing them grow and develop, doesn't matter what their ability. Um, uh, just watching a child learn something for the first time, yeah. you know, they get so excited and it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's I really, why we're in really this like my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's a fun fact about you? Oh, goodness me, I love Disney movies. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Disney girl. I love Disney movies, which is probably a good thing because Lachlan just watches them repeatedly, so I see them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, that's, cool. that's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Teresa, I've been really enjoyed talking with you this afternoon and I've had a couple of aha moments, so um, I'm glad you could share your experiences thank with you, us Libby. today. Thank you, It's been lovely talking to you too. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself, take care.